Welcome to Pseudologia Fantastica. We have a little something to play to get us in the mood, Dave. Are you ready? I'm ready. One of the wizard's most rudimentary skills is levitation, or the ability to make objects fly. Uh, do you all have your feathers? Good. Now, uh, don't forget the nice wrist movement we've been practicing. Hmm? The swish and flick. Everyone? Swish, swish and, flick. and flick. Good. Oh, and enunciate. <laughs> we keep going and we're Wingardium still Wingardium Leviosa. Leviosa. Off you go, then. Wingardium Leviosa. Wingardium Leviosa. Wingardium Leviosa. Stop, stop, stop. You're going to take someone's eye out. Besides, you're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. You do it then if you're so clever. Go on, go on. She is clever. Wingardium Leviosa. And so Hermione told little Ron how to say Wingardium Leviosa. Leviosa. Why would I share that? Well, Pseudologia Fantastica almost sounds like a Latin-based spell <laughs> that uh, Harry and what it, would be. What it actually with. is is a description of the mind of uh, one Joseph Schmidt. That's right. That's right. We're going to jump into that. And you may be expecting us to do an episode on where we at. Baptism, right? We're talking about the first ordinances and principles, or principles and ordinances. I think that's the order of the gospel being... Yeah, get it right, goddamn. I know. I can't... Damn. Order. Fa uh, faith, repentance, baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost, right? So we talked about faith and repentance. We were going to talk about baptism today. We started talking about it, actually, as we were researching it together. And what happened i brought up the historical fact that as far as we know that as they were translating reading the label inside of his hat that's oh, the, oh by the way yeah the entire book of mormon came from a label <laughs> inside a hat of a hat <laughs> joseph smith had the entire fucking thing but it was in microverse so you know he, he had this special lenses and anyway they came stumbled upon a reading about baptism and thought well fuck wait hang on have you been baptized no, no. have you scooby no mm -hmm. I am not baptized. So we need we need to go get some dunkage going on here. Let's go down to the Susquehanna River and we'll pretend we're Jesus in the Jordan, and we'll just reinstitute this. And and, and so that created this dialogue about yes, Mister Ripoff Man and as, the lifter. Yeah, <laughs> as our friends in the fix would have told us at that time. One thing. One thing leads to another. to another. And it did. And all of a sudden, we were oh, thinking great. about all the stuff that Joseph pulled into the church to create an amalgamation and what that required of a person to do that. Yeah. And one right. of the things it requires is to be drenched in Pseudologia Fantastica. And if you don't know what that means, that's fine. We'll share. We always share, don't we, Dave? Well, only to a certain point on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's jump, first of all, into, well, you know, a certain segment that we call LDS Church in, in the Do you need a mop? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> All right. This is the Mormon land column in the Tribune again. This week in Mormon land, Nelson turns 96, predicting the next apostles and temples and a new anti-Trump push. Huh. And he put a new battery in his lighted pen. <laughs> so he can make it till he's 90 fucking seven. Yeah. You know, he and Wendy have turned that into her exercise program. So Ooh. whenever he, you know, wakes up in the middle of the night, really because he has to shit or piss in the middle of the night, he instead says, Wendy, 
Wendy, it's coming. And she doesn't know what he means exactly. So is it a revelation or is it, you know, urine? And so he's like, leave the bed, Wendy. So she does and gets her exercise. <laughs> and he pulls out the lighted pen, as he affectionately called it in prison, I think. Uh, so wrap your lips around that. What do you call that? I call it my lighted pen, big boy. <laughs> Bubba. Yeah. Come here, Bubba. All right. So. <laughs> oh, we're off to a hell of a start. Yeah, here. we are. Rusty Nell, 16 candles plus 80 is what the article is creatively called. That's kind of. Are you kidding cool me? Enough. It's kind of an interesting wow. way to phrase it, huh? So it makes him sound so young. Yes, it does. At 96, <laughs> Rusty Nell is used to receiving birthday wishes, but he no doubt is getting many, many more since taking the church's reins 32 months ago. So the prophet president took to social media Wednesday to post a picture of himself as a young boy and thank those Aww. well-wishers. Oh, the young boy. He has a little... Aww. Horse. Is, his, is his hair combed properly? No, he has his little hat on, a uh, little navy oh. suit, little navy suit, like they used to wear little boys in. Yeah. Oh, that's right! Holy yeah. shit! Either that or a cowboy outfit. Yes, very American, yeah. very American, American. Yes, uh, he says I have been blessed richly with opportunities to meet and come to love God's children all over the world. I've also ah. witnessed many miracles. Uh, sure. And mercies from the Lord. Okay, that's a little more vague. Many of you have wished me a happy birthday. I wish to thank you and express my love for all who read this. Well, that's us too, Dave, so get ready. The Lord loves you. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, this is an interesting little phrase he sends at the end here. The Lord loves you, and I am a witness that he is in the details of our lives. Oh, Huh. Fuck it. It's ever present. It's yeah. obvious. I mean, yeah. this cat is dry. Oh, yeah. Actually, I have no free will. I can't think for myself. He's everywhere. Hmm. He's doing the whole fucking thing for me. Wait a minute. That makes me ask the question. Why am I even living? A personal... Ah, you're getting you're, you're overthinking it. Oh, yeah, sorry. That, I, I tend to do that. Too. Yeah. You need to get out of that thinking mode. Yeah. All right. So the other, <laughs> they get silly in this article because they're I, like you could tell from the title, they combine a bunch of different topics in here. They make little guesses at who the next apostles could be. Ooh. They talk about temples that they think are probably likely on the way. Some are announced and they give that list. We'll talk about that whole thing. Because if you can end. predict it, that's a revelation. Well, Even though yeah. they know two to three to four to five, six years ahead of time <laughs> where the next fucking temple is going to be built. That's right. Uh, yeah, 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 whatever. And then I thought this one was worth a couple seconds to talk about. New women's group targets Trump. Ooh, that that's hurts. the end of their article. Yeah. Some influential Latter-day Saint women, including a former judge, an ex-legislator, academics, authors, and musicians, have banded together with one goal in mind. Find a new coffee. I mean, sorry. That was another article. <laughs> sorry, that was a little more mundane, epic, goal-oriented thing. Defeat Donald Trump in November is their goal. All right. <laughs> That Our, was off. <laughs> <laughs> That's about how much fucking gravity yeah. that article has anyway. Yeah, so, I know. Anyway. Uh, here's a quote. Our current president is dishonest, incompetent, and uncaring about people who don't... Ah. Well, this is funny. Uncaring about people who don't look like him, who don't agree with him, or who are outsiders in other ways. Let me tell you something, people. Nobody looks like him. No, thank God. <laughs> Retired Utah Supreme Court Justice Christine Durham says in a newly released video from, quote, women of faith speak up and speak out. Ooh, oh, Derek. That sounds like a 2020 re-release, remaster of the old song, Shout, Shout, Let It, let all, it out. all Out. Tears for fears These now. are the things I'm yeah. confused about. <laughs> hey, I like that. Hey, I might make a nap. You got me going now. You really got me. 
I'm gonna, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna call Woo! Eddie up, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, we're making Dude. a song." Okay. Yeah, it's a re-release, but yep. with a lot of funky shit added to it. Exactly. So he says Trump is never named in the video, nor is his Democratic opponent Joe Biden, nor any political party. Though the messages, like the one from Durham, are pointed, the participants make clear they're not speaking for the church. But they also make clear they are speaking as religious women. So there you what go. What the yeah. fuck kind of contradictory bullshit? Shenanigans. Whatever. Yes. Shenanigans. Okay. All right, folks. Well, that's about as much news as I can take today, Dave. I don't know about I'm you. I'm ready to shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I would like a little bit of for, for your, your let me, let me apply my urine and thumb. Let me apply your urine? What? <laughs> my urine and thumb. <laughs> your urine and your thumb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, effectively known as a urine and thumbum. <laughs> you know, right, that so. makes a lot of sense. If we just think about that for a second. I stuck the thumb in and I had to pee. <laughs> It's weird how that shit happens. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, wow. ah, bring it down. Bring it down a notch. Jesus <laughs> hell, fucking. <laughs> oh my god! All right, okay. We are in the year. Believe it or not, you think it's 2020. It is not. It is 1943. Uh huh. February 17th. First presidency agrees to comply with the request of FBI for missionary information regarding towns and cities in the Axis countries. So, again, we're still in World War II, people. Right. And what's the information? To make clear that there was no espionage in the Axis countries by our missionaries. Well, didn't they look like FBI fucking agents in their suits? and? Well, their, weren't they getting the Sieg Hail? Uh, yeah. I thought they yeah. were. Yeah. They were, and they had the swastika up there instead of a picture of the Christus. And uh, remind whoop. me of the one thing you shared last time, because you shared all these hilarious things where they were either Sieg hailing or they were, or they had the swastika there or both. Wasn't one of the times there was a swastika right there on the wall behind the guy when they were doing like a local conference or something? Yes. You said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more than once. So I wonder Inclu why the FBI would have thought that we might be involved as a church. Yeah. Uh, that's, nah, anyway. Yeah, they're so presumptuous. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, November 12th, the excommunication of Apostle Richard R. Lyman for violating, check this out, the Christian law of chastity. First excommunication of a general authority appointed in the 20th century. So the first of, what, many to follow? I don't know. So the he was the first. I didn't know for sure. He yeah. was the first. The Christian, not the Mormon yeah, law. Yeah, the Christian I, I law. That, yeah, I find that interesting. That's okay. kind of self-serving, isn't it? Yeah. Let's hop, skip, and jump right oh. into 1944. Okay. April 7th. Counselor J. Reuben Clark preaches that in that inspired document, the Constitution, the Lord prescribed the way, the procedure by which the inspired framework of that Constitution could be changed. Whenever the Constitution is amended in that way, it will be an amendment that the Lord will approve. So apparently um, the Supreme Court and, and others are all basically sitting in for God. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. I Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. This is just a little quickie. Mm -hmm. And I've had those before. Sure. August 16th, First Presidency <laughs> instructs its Hotel Utah. So the First Presidency, the very top tells the Hotel Utah, stop selling liquor. Uh, Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. We've had the word of wisdom for a hundred fucking years. Come on, man. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, 
plus the margin you're giving us on those sales, you decided yeah. to adjust recently. Well, and oh, we've yeah. taken a hit since we shut down all our whorehouses. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, give us a break for hell's sakes. Now this is actually really, it is, it's sad. It's oh. sad and it's historical mm. and it actually almost has nothing to do with the church but i'm a historical dude yeah and okay so we're in 1945 already february 13th saturation bombing of dresden germany oh wow yeah yeah the inner city is completely incinerated including lds branch house yeah, that was akin to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And I could easily digress on that topic because people right. don't realize there was much more death and overall destruction in the fire bombings of Tokyo, for example, than there were in right. the before, atomic before, bombs. Exactly. Before. Yeah, it's just the atomic bombs were much more dramatic, right? And they, well, not to use a pun, but they were flashy. So, well, and that's a, right. No, yeah, the that's word right. fits. Yeah, it was all uh, okay. Anyway, a, a couple more here, real quick. March twenty first, the first counselor, J. Reuben Clark, says that one of the reasons why the so called fundamentalists had such inroads among our young people was because we had failed to teach them the truth. What? The fucking church. <laughs> oh, and this is fun. Oh, my God. I got to include this one. April 21st, Church News reports that due to the ward's lack of deacon age boys, Bishop has called young girls ages 12 to 14 to do the work of deacons, such as collecting fast offerings. Uh, uh, we ran out of... Did uh, they ordain them? Uh, no, uh, probably not. Yeah, nope. but we the work's got to be done because it's involving collecting fucking money. <laughs> we cannot let that go astray. Talk about have your cake and eat it too, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, okay, huh. uh, let me throw in one more because this is just too fucking weird mm. may 21st the general conference sustains george albert smith as church president with j reuben clark and david o mckay as counselors so now we're kind of coming into the modern age here mm -hmm. he is set apart and not ordained uh. by apostle george f richards who is also a patriarch Smith is the only unmarried man to become an LDS church president and the only one who has no marital companion during his entire presidency. I did not know that. I did not know that either. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so the whole paradigm of, you know, happy families, uh, husband and wife with the kids. and What? Nah, except for you. Yeah, Did we know he, how old he was. Like, had he been married and then his wife died? Or? No, 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 no. He never married. He Period. never, never so married. He was probably homosexual. He probably Possibly. was. Think about Possibly. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Think about that. I mean, everything we know about how the church works, including social behaviors and, right, you know, opportunity to meet people. When you're at that level... That's like upper echelon, like essentially without making it sound like people are tools, which is quite frankly how the church used them. But he would have had his pick, you know, I'm yeah. oh, profit yeah. level oh, here. Yeah. I, you know, I'm quality. I don't know how many pictures you've seen of him. He was kind of a homely. Okay. So that's dude. part of yeah. it, I guess, he maybe. Pretty, looked like a goat that got hit by a truck. <laughs> Oh my God! Sorry, oh. sorry, George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that hurts. Yeah, I pulled some of that shit right out of my ass. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Well, I'm not gonna pat the motherfucker on the back. 
You know what I mean? The yeah. only reason he became the goddamn prophet is because his last name was Smith. That's right. Get yeah. the fucking real. God damn. Mm -hmm. I mean, yo, there's no nepotism here. Oh, your name's Smith? You know, you brought up a fascinating thing to research, though. I'm going to hop on that this week when I've got time and check that out. What's his story, right? Yeah. Very I'm unusual. Very unusual. No yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. We're done, by okay, the way. Well, Let's that's, that's a great way to end that on this essentially, like, speaking <laughs> of revelations. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Major revelation, yeah, to me, I, I wow. Ask well, him. Guess what? And, yeah. and the, the reason it is is because that was never taught. Oh, no. No. You can go through, I taught the class three times in institute. Oh, yeah. The presidents of the church. Yeah. And I never heard that little fucking detail yeah. about Mr. Smith. Nope, never came up. Wouldn't that be oh. interesting if we discovered, if there's enough research out there, that we found that he was gay, right? I, and, just stay tuned till next week, and you'll, yeah. I've got a bomb to drop about that. Okay. Well, interesting. Subject, yes. Interesting. Yeah. I can't wait. I, now you have me intrigued. All right, guys. So, <laughs> Oh, I am like Joseph Smith then. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Pseudologia Fantastica, I don't have to rephrase what you guys are asking yourselves every week when you listen to our program, when we actually are releasing episodes weekly. Oh, I know that oh, Sometimes we delay. It's, it's really difficult. I've done it, but it's hard to kick yourself in the ass, but you just do it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we apologize for some of the delays that we've had recently. Anyway, that question being, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Of course, we're used to it. We'll try to answer. Mm -hmm. Here's where it starts, and we're going to try to whip through here at some decent pace. It starts with the fact that we mentioned earlier when we were going to do the show on baptism, we thought, wait a minute, that's just one thing Joseph borrowed. One thing went to another, and we basically end up with an episode today that's kind of an all-encompassing church-focused episode version of the one that we did way back called Parts as Parts. That was episode like 38, where we right. basically focused on the Book of Mormon. We brought up some things church-wide, but we basically focused on all the pieces of the Book of Mormon that Joseph pulled together. Stole. Yeah, that he stole. <laughs> yeah, he stole. And so, again, this concept, and we'll hit it a few times today, Joseph was not a creator— he was a thief and an embellisher. So he would steal things from other sources and he would change it, embellish it, adorn it, if you will. <laughs> I like the words lift and yes. heft as well. Ah, I like it, that. Yes, yeah. he lifted it. I, you know, they use that word in the account of the uh, witnesses to the Book of Mormon. And we did heft them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was a lot of fucking hefting going on before you got involved. But yeah, it suggests like it weighed a bit, right? Like, <gasps> right. Heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. So he, how about mechanical terminology? He lifted and adjusted, huh? Yeah. Ooh. He lifted it I, and adjusted. Now it. you're getting sexual. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> so. Why would he have to do that? Well, we have a little tidbit here. I could give undue credit to Julia Roberts again. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, Dave, I'll give credit to Julie Andrews. <laughs> Wait, look out the window. I see an umbrella. Hey, what well, I do too. She has, something, she has something to say to us, Dave. Here it goes. I think I'll let her go ahead and say it here. In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap, the job's a game. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spree. It's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down, just a spoonful of sugar helps, helps the medicine go down. Yeah. Yes, we love it. All medicine. right. So, Johnny, I found this brown thing on the front lawn, and <laughs> I've sprinkled it with powdered sugar, so suck it down, boy. 
Yes. And as we will discover, Joseph applied many spoonfuls of sugar. Thank you, Mary, for reminding us of the technique. To make the <laughs> medicine of his conglomeration of a church go down more palatably. So here's some things that Dave and I talked about as ingredients that he followed. And, and we'll run into basically four phases of the church that may be a little oversimplification, but we it, could... It fits pretty well. That, yeah, that... exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot of evidence. We won't get into that for sake of time and other reasons today that Joseph did not start this whole affair with the intent to create a religion. He wanted to pad his wallet. Yes, that's right. And so we see evidence of him trying and failing, trying and failing with other, you know, exploits that he did. And then finally, he's like, again, mind you, not a new idea to the area. But he right. stumbles on this concept that's frequent of, I uncovered these ancient records. There's someone else that did that after him, and his name could have been Strange, literally. Strangeite, <laughs> yeah. And Martin signed an attestment to his plates being real, too. Imagine that. So, hmm. anyway, back to the point. Did Not a new hand- idea. Kinderhook ring a bell. <laughs> Kinderhook rings a bell. Yeah. So this concept in the area of finding ancient writings and whatever. So he thought, I'll do that. He comes up. We know the whole story, right? He wanted to basically sell the Book of Mormon and make money. To David's point, so that's it. That was bottom it. line. But hey, one thing led to another. <laughs> no, 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 and no. before that's we know a- it, if you're gonna do that. Whatever got him thinking to that point, I'm going to start a fucking religion here. Why not? You have to do at least three things. You got to appeal to the way people think. He was good at that. He had already had a lot of practice. He had a gift to read people. Yes, he Uh, did. If he had no other gifts, he did have that one. Yes, he did. And he manipulated the fuck out of people. He was not to be confused with masturbator. He was a master manipulator. Probably both, but yeah, master manipulator. And so you also have to appeal to things that they're familiar with to some degree. You want some level of familiarity, right? You don't want it to be a completely foreign concept or something that they really can't relate to, right? And then... So you jump immediately to the New Testament, mm -hmm. initially, I Mm -hmm. should say, not immediately, but initially New Testament practices, doctrines. So yeah, yeah, baptism. Yeah, we'll yeah. go through some of those. And then, because this is all part of phase one that we'll jump into next, as far as the amalgamation mode that he entered. And then finally, he wanted to add a little pizzazz, which was also very much Joseph's personality. And this describes some of the concept of Pseudologia Fantastica. He wanted to put in things that intrigue people. Yeah. So not just the way they think and what they're familiar with, but let's intrigue them with something he, new. He used that same gift w- when he was lifting skirts. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> Part of his master manipulation skill set, whatever. So he had a vivid imagination. We've talked about that many times. He was basically the radio DJ show, you know, for his family sometimes at night and would share stories that were just all made up and fantastic. He was good at making nevertheless entertaining. Well, that's right. Yeah, he was good at it. It wasn't like, oh, dude. You're out in the goddamn field all fucking day. You come home, you're dead ass tired, you're broke, you're wondering how, you know, all of that. And Oh, this guy's got stories? Okay. Yeah. We There's no TV, for hell's sakes. No, so, no radio. Yeah. yeah. It's like you could call it the world's first iteration of radio shows, right? The Where they would literally have stories and shows and whatever on the radio at certain this times. It's H.G. Wells, and we're being invaded by aliens. <laughs> and people believed it. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah. thing. Crazy shit. So he was great at that. Otherwise, people would have told him, dude, you're a shitty storyteller. We'll have Alvin do it, right? Or whatever. He was good good at it. He was good at it. (laughs) So there he is. And the whole idea there, Dave, you brought up a wonderful phrase that comes from way back. If you can't dazzle people, how does that go again? 
can't dazzle them with your intelligence, baffle them with your bullshit. There you go. Yep. And that's what that was Joseph. So how did he do it? Let's talk about phase one of the church here, the amalgamation mode. What does this all have to do with Sotologia Fantastica? Well, again, we'll talk about that in a second. Joseph put together an amalgamation of various existing ideas to create essentially a composite or a conglomerate religion. Mm -hmm. And so, as we mentioned, he started with some basics that were familiar, and then he added some intrigue. You know, so yeah. I can see the initial response to his efforts, the things he was doing. And then he automatically said, how can I appeal to the whitest masses? So in other words, having his family sitting and drooling at his stories at dinner time, after dinner time, whatever, that's great. But how can I get as many people as possible to listen and to follow yeah. this shit? Well, I've got to incorporate things that they are already on board with. That's right. Yeah. Make your point. Yeah. yeah. And you can't just do the intrigue part. You can't just. So we've talked right. about the fact right. that at this point in time, it was a pretty safe assumption or it was a pretty accepted reality, rather, that most of the community, it, there was this magic worldview, as they call it. In fact, mm -hmm. that was D. Michael Quinn's first book, wasn't it? Yes. Joseph yes. Smith and the Magical Worldview, something along those lines. Uh, well, definitely, Mormon, yeah, Mormonism and the, and the magical. Yeah. yeah. He definitely yeah. took advantage of that. You know, we've got King Arthur stopped by from the Holy Grail show, Dave, to <laughs> tell us. And Hermione, yeah. for hell's sake. Well, King and Arthur. I think somebody from Star Trek stopped in. Yeah, yeah. They said, can we be in the next episode? I thought, I said, we'll think about it. But here's what King Arthur shared with us as a reminder when he was going about his practices here. Let's just play this clip I recorded when we were talking earlier today. Strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. What the fuck? <laughs> It wasn't King Arthur, it was one of his other guys, or one of the doubters in the group, right? Right. So, in other words, if all he based this stuff on was fantastic occult magic worldview stuff, people might be intrigued, but it wouldn't be a good basis for the foundation be, of a it church. Would be something to talk about at the pub. Right, right. While you're half shit faced and it's entertaining again. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So he had to add a little more common familiar stuff to it rather than just the fantastic right and so what do you get you get these familiar christian concepts the trinity which by the way we've talked about the book of mormon supports that traditional christian definition it doesn't support separate entities a problem but we'll just ignore that if we're the church so again, the title of a talk given at ex-mormon foundation mm -hmm. how the book of mormon destroyed the church <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. The Trinity, the baptism concept, not really prolific throughout the Book of Mormon until toward no. the meat of it, right? Toward, well, you get an Alma period, right? The people went to the waters of Mormon. Isn't that the Alma That's period? Correct. Yeah, and, and they baptize. Before then, no baptism was being mentioned. So... When you line that up with what Joseph and Oliver and others were doing as they were putting this stuff together, you start to see time frames that align with what they were doing in their personal lives, which is a little interesting. So again, going back to the first verse in the book, mm -hmm. I, Joseph Smith, having been born of goodly parents, mm -hmm. you know, again, yeah, it, it's a lot. And that's natural mm -hmm. when you're writing fiction. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. And, you know, all of a sudden baptism appears in the Book of Mormon as something people were doing maybe around that same time period when Oliver and Joseph said, hey, have you been baptized? Hmm. Well, we'll see. So rather than converting people to an, a full-blown 100% new concept, he's going to borrow stuff. He's also going to add mysteries of godliness. Now, this is big, by yeah. the way. This, yeah. This is the, the carrot mm -hmm. as it were and there's several so i guess bugs bunny would be would have a heart on <laughs> with all these carrots all being these dangled. carrots laying around 
yeah, he's going to uh, dangle that out there. Yeah. And he can't tell you really what mm-hmm. they are, but they exist. And it's the ultimate goal. So what better way to keep someone engaged in an effort, in a system, in a belief system, than to say there is this fucking treasure, if you will, just stay on the path and keep paying your fucking tithing and you will find this mystery of godliness. And why why is there any mystery regarding God yeah. at all? Right. Is it fair to ask that question? I think okay. it is fair to ask that question. Why would God create this system, commandments, advice, wisdom, whatever, got it. Now, also, there's these mysteries, by the way, which are very vague. But if you're good enough and you follow yeah. me enough, you worthy. might be you know, low last week, worthy. Yeah, yeah. So this is Joseph's concept, this concept of worthiness, in this case, worthiness to receive the mysteries, worthiness to receive more you know, intelligence directly from God came about and then of course the church would exacerbate that into all sorts of areas later and then what Mm. joseph also found fascinating and so he sprinkled it in was these mosaic and judaic teachings and references including a complete ripoff of the garden of eden so let's go all the way back no hang on before that the Mm -hmm. creation story oh yeah which he incorporated into not only the book of Moses, which was supposed to be an inspired version of Genesis, mm-hmm. but the fucking cartoon that is the book of Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> and that's phase two. We're almost there. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but yeah. that but it's a great point of these Mosaic and Judaic teachings. He'll also introduce in phase two things like anointing these other you know judaic traditions which yeah which no church of the day was really doing they were all more new testament focused as far as their practices right Right. and so they regarded the old testament as judaic yeah that's right and so we're, we're christian and so we follow the new testament but mormonism comes along and says no we're going to suck up the whole thing and somehow mm-hmm. make it sense out of it as we apply our Mormonistic paradigm to the entire fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. we own it all. We and not all. only do we own it all, we have the only correct version. So get your shit straight, people. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty presumptuous and pretty narcissistic. Yeah, it's crazy. So he also sprinkles in at phase one here, what was familiar to a lot of people, and we mentioned it, the occult, the mythos, as far as that mysterious side as well. So he couldn't escape from that completely. He well, grew up in it. He, he obviously it. never did because yeah. on his person was found that Jupiter, Jupiter talisman. talisman. Yeah. But yeah. when they laid his body to rest, he still possessed that. What does that mean? Oh, I do. it's a lucky charm, like a rabbit's foot, right? Yeah, you know? right, right. No, but he, he didn't. He didn't get rid of it. No, he didn't. He couldn't yeah. totally escape it, even at the end. And so come things that we're all familiar with: the seer stone concept, you know, the Urim and Thummim, the idea of looking into or through a stone and seeing something that the natural eyes can't see. Very uh, common. Crystal ball. <laughs> I'm trying to quote Frank Zappa. Oh, Frank Zappa. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> anyway, you know, we know that this is why Joseph was brought to court at least once. Was glass looking? Right? Was the term? There it is. He yeah. didn't make it up. He was following what other people were doing around him. There was a famous, a couple famous glass lookers in the community that he lived in the breastplate the liahona these mysterious objects right very occult concepts that joseph would have been familiar with so he just applied them to religion instead so this is phase one he creates all this he creates this amalgamation he tries to pick pieces uh, that people might like very much like the construction of the book of mormon then people start to ask questions. we fast forward several years the church is organized People are asking questions, though. They have a bank that they form as one of their many escapades. The bank fails. Half the 12 leave. Uh Uh-oh. 
Wouldn't they be part of the elect? Yeah, that's Kirtland. So yeah. we're, in the, we're, we're in the Kirtland area. Yep. Yeah. People are asking questions. Joseph hasn't had a revelation lately. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> His battery fucking went out. <laughs> on like 10, whatever. So we enter the church's first reaction mode. And how is Joseph and crew going to react? Birthing, if you will. I hadn't said it this way before. This is the birthing of the whole apologetic movement. That's right. Yeah. As continues today, the latest version is, and now you know. Oh, I hate that shit. Oh, my God. It is the most ridiculous. Oh, my God. Patronizing. Yeah, it's oh. it's terrible. Uh, yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube and type in and now you know LDS or something, you know, similar right. words, search term, and you'll come up with this and now you know series, the cartoon videos that the church has created about mostly topics that are suspect, it, right? Very yeah, the, uh, the most the one yeah. for which people leave the church yeah the gospel topic essays type of topics right. and they had these cutesy little narrators ah oh, see this is the narrative so now you know and, and it makes you feel like you're fucking six months old yeah i mean you're yeah, in, yeah anyway. degrading very yeah yeah we digress but the, to your point and i hadn't thought of it this way dave but you're spot on this was the kind of the birth of the apologetics movement i mean people right. were making excuses for joseph from the beginning we get that but this is like more concentrated, right? This is like, okay, how are we going to save this ship? It's sinking Well, fast. there's so, if you will, the metaphor, they're throwing a lot of coal on that fire. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. So one of the approaches Joseph makes, and obviously we can't talk in any of these phases we're going to run through about everything, because, Dave, there's only so much room on the plates. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's only so much room on my hard drive, and I can't make... <laughs> Are you driving with a heart on again? What? <laughs> That's oh not the stick ship. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah. That's the last time you'll try to shift my car for me, right? <laughs> I'll reverse on the freeway. Shit. Oh god. Okay. Back to it. <laughs> One of the techniques he used at the time to save the church is, ironically, get people more involved. Okay, so uh, yeah, there's a uh, quote. There's a quote from Joe. You'll recall, Dave. It's from Lectures on Faith. Let us here observe that a religion that does not require the sacrifice of all things never has power sufficient to produce the faith necessary unto life and salvation. Okay, so we need... Everything, yeah. your time, your money, your life, your thoughts. That's right. All of it. Yeah. We own it. We need, and you goddamn better well hand it over if you expect to be able to live in this paradisiacal Whatever. thing yeah. that yeah. doesn't exist. The new Zion. Yeah. So here's yeah. the thing with that. There's a couple things that come to my mind immediately. One is a psychological concept when someone has to, well, it's complexity bias. It's part of complexity bias. There's right. a couple other things it, it moves yeah. into. But when something requires something, when it's more complex, there's this psychological ironic thing where you're more apt to believe it. You're more apt to follow it because you have to sacrifice for it. It requires effort. It's similar to how people value things, right? I had to work all summer to make this down payment on this used car and now I'm in you know I'm in college and I did this the car's mine you're going to be more appreciative right. of it you're going to be careful with it you bought it right you earned it and so similar idea I have to work for my faith so it draws me to it and Joseph well, saw this okay right? yeah the version that the church sells is that the church and the gospel is like a bicycle and mm -hmm. you just get on the motherfucker and you just you're gonna ride it right into the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. no it's got all kinds of bells whistles buttons <laughs> shit that, and you better know how to make that shit work yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> <You're> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the chain falls off and you have to use your feet like the Flintstones. <laughs> Come on, Barney. <laughs> I should have grabbed that clip. Like when they're using their feet. Mysterious rituals he introduces, so more of the intrigue. Well, let me create some cool shit. Hey, I know. Let's build a temple. Let's introduce temple ordinances, Dave. Hello, Freemasonry. Yeah, I've been involved with Freemasonry for a while. I'm now a Master Mason, I think, was his level. He was up there. Should look 33rd this. degree. Yes. Yeah, he went right to the top. Yeah, so uh, let me borrow... Then- he didn't buy his way there, by the way. That's yeah. a misnomer. No, no, no. Yeah. He worked That's his false way there. History. Yeah. It is. So let me borrow some shit from Freemasonry. Most of the people in the church aren't members, so they won't see the similarities. If they do, I'll tell them, well, Freemasonry, really, its origins were way back to King Solomon's temple from the Masons. And it's just been corrupted since then. And people have forgot that that was its real origins, which is all demonstrably false. That is not where Freemasonry started. It has nothing to do with that. And That's actually, I, there yeah. are some quotes. I think it's Orson Pratt. I yeah. shouldn't even say it if I don't have the quote available, that it was all the way to the Adamic. Oh, yeah. Time. It's absolute from, bullshit. From day one, yeah. from day one, this was God's program yeah. that you should oh my slit God. your throat, you know, all the penalties and so uh, forth. That's yeah. not fear. That's not what? Yeah, people we don't are. Fear oh, my church. God, man. It's faith. We've talked yeah. about the temple ordinances a little bit. You need to recall that the original ordinances were a combination of two things. One was the full, unadulterated Freemasonry ritual, obviously with the narrative changed. Again, Joseph didn't create it. He embellished it, right? He changed it to be religious, which also included the penalties that Freemason candidates and others would go through when they were joining Freemasonry. If you reveal this, your neck will be slit. If you reveal this, you're, yeah. you'll be disemboweled. If, disemboweled. You know, Beheaded, on and on, right? So that's cut. <laughs> In 91 is when they stopped the penalties. We've talked about all this. Anyway, it existed back then. And then the second piece that he threw in there was what we mentioned earlier, these things that had nothing to do with Freemasonry, like the concepts in the Judaic tradition of anointing, washing and anointing. Yeah. These things he added later. I don't know that they were first part of the endowment that's something that we'll have to look into i just yeah. i did a little bit of research on it, it yeah. no there doesn't seem to be any correlation he was borrowing from the uh practice of the use of mikvahs yes which was a ritual cleansing mm-hmm. going back to again solomon's temple the laver was a basin of water that mm-hmm. the priest washed in mm-hmm. there was no reference to baptism but Talk to a Mormon. Oh, they must have baptized. You see a body of water anywhere, somebody's getting baptized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he combines those two Judaic traditions with Freemasonry, and presto, you have a temple ceremony. So that's going to intrigue people. That's evidence of revelation right there. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. And much to your point, he instills fear. So he uses fear as a control if you go through these endowments, you have to go through the penalties. Again, what had just happened, he lost half the 12. Yep. The, the bank that he created, which was fraudulent, failed. failed. Oh, yep. big surprise there. Alice in Wonderland, there's a scene where they're having tea, mm-hmm. and somebody's tea is wobbling on the table, and the saucer is going to tip. I don't know where that came from, but yeah, he's looking at his saucer and he's going, oh, fuck, I got to do something. My shit is about to spill. Well, and half the tea had already spilled in his case, right? He's like, oh, shit, how do I, how do I retain what I have left here? So this kind of tactic he employs, right? Incidentally, the failed bank, little tidbit there. I don't remember whether it was the state or the Fed that came in to audit the bank, and he said, hey, I got an idea. We have a little bit of silver. Let's just lay that across the top of yes. this chest and make it look like the whole chest is full of silver. A beautiful metaphor for Mormonism itself. Mm. It's always just what's on the surface. Don't look, don't look underneath the covers. 
don't look behind the curtain. Yes, very good analogy. Very good analogy. That mode continues to the point when Joseph dies. By then, most of these things have been implemented. He's been able to save grace a little bit. During that time, of course, he has to double down on the concept of revelation. So that takes us to the book of Abraham. People were questioning his ability as a prophet. Can he really do something like he said, where he translated these ancient records? Well, holy shit, you know, gift falls into his lap of this guy walking through the area with mummies. He arranges money, of course, not his own, borrows a bunch of money, buys the scrolls and the mummies. and $5,000. Yeah, lots of money back then. Lots of money. And hey... From the moment I took a look at the scroll, I knew one of them was the book of Joseph. The other one was written by Abraham. Of course, we never got a translation of the book of Joseph, ironically. We get one from Abraham. We know it was all bullshit, funerary text. But this helped him at the time. This helped him buoy up, if you will, that image of being a true prophet who can really translate and do this shit. he ended up getting murdered Anyway, because that was God's plan. Yeah, always all God's plan. Right, right. Beer Young takes over. There's We talked about the True Splinter Church episode way back. The Brighamites end up on top. He's like, hey, I have an idea. We're actually getting fucked over. Let's form an empire. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking of Queen's Reich. Oh, yeah, me too. We're building empire. empire. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Empire. Uh, shout out to Jeff Tate, who I think retained the rights to Empire. Yeah, they move out, not only out from their enemies, by the way, out of the fucking country. Hello. So, hello, James Jones, Jim yes. Jones. Let's go to Guyana because they can't fuck with us over there and I yeah. can fuck with you. Exactly. <laughs> literally. Yes. Yeah. Out of the fucking country. First real visible evidence, Dave, I think, of cult behavior as a group, as a public. Okay, as a group. Yeah, as a public visible, you know, action. We're just going to leave the country. All righty, then. And create our own. Yeah. Uh, And it will be impenetrable. It will be uh, sovereign, I guess is the word. Yep untouchable whatever the empire Um, of deseret right protected by mountains it's founded by god yes god (laughs) (laughs) makes you wish bruce was here to pronounce that for us you know yes thanks bruce so phase three so you have this empire out here you enter the evidence phase hold on to the old narrative don't give harsh apologetics so apologetics turn very harsh they go ad hominem they attack the character of the person who's trying to expose the church or whatever very very strict very hold to the you know i say hold to the rod but that was only happening with brigham employed for a hundred years they had long time long time old apologetics this phase really runs into i would say beyond 2000 it lasts a good long time and there's major adjustments via revelations from time to time like the blacks and the priesthood late 70s anything that is found evidential like Mm. the ruins the mayan ruins and stuff if there's a little square room that's below ground oh see they have baptismal fonts (laughs) yeah This is the evidence period of time in the church, right? Like, see, there's a word for that when you've got a certain pair of glasses on. Oh, it's confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. er Everything that you see is colored by that pair of glasses. That's right. It was a major confirmation bias in the church. It was also complexity bias. And this, again, comes forward. There's still onesie twosie guys in the upper ranks who preach complexity bias, double down on the old narratives. They're all literal. They're all true. And the appeal to incredulity, it's got to be true if it seems complex and I can't explain it. Well, then it's got to be true. Because anything that would come from an all-knowing God has got to be fucking complex. Of course. He's so fucking smart. Yeah. He's beyond smart. So... He's not going to come down with some simple shit. 
No. I mean, God, that would be a sign that it wasn't from God. Of course. Like like Taoism. Oh my God. That's <laughs> no way that is from a, an, a superior being. No, no way. It's too simple. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The doctrine Joseph presented and the Book of Mormon, especially, so complex, so intricate. How could that be unless it was actually from God? And the play on Joseph's education makes you sick, right? right? He had such little formal education. There's no way he made it all up, right? And here's the answer. You're right. He didn't make it all up. He stole it all. (laughs) And he embellished it. He didn't make it up. He stole it and and changed it, right? There's a big difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to soapbox there if I don't. So, so I, I'm getting all these metaphors spinning in my head, like artists, for instance. Would, did anybody ever paint or write anything that was original is my question. No, no. No, 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 because they're influenced by everything that they've taken in through their five senses up to that point. That's right. Of this so-called original creation. Yeah, no, sorry. So... I guess I'm making an excuse for Joseph. That's well, not it's, my it's, it's more like a, a, just an acceptance of reality, yeah. right? That we're all in that same game, guys. Like, I right. can't create something that's completely original because it would not be of this earth, right? Like, everything right. borrows from something else. And that doesn't demean the imagination, the creativity that people have, the skill because we're able the amazing thing to me is a successful musician a successful artist they can take those foundational elements that that are not new and they can make them unique by the way that they change them and there's a difference between an innocent what they've taken in Mm -hmm. through their senses and create something that that's enjoyable beautiful whatever Mm -hmm. and a theft oh yeah We're talking about thievery here and spinning. You want to talk about spin doctors? This dude was the biggest fucking spin doctor ever, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he was the spin master of all time. He's got to be in the top three if he's not the top. And this (laughs) goes back to the very title of the the episode, Pseudologia Fantastica, which I promised I would explain better to you guys at the end. You probably already looked it up if you're listening while you're online and you just went to Google or something. This last phase four that I think we're still in today, Dave, is basically a continuation of phase two from earlier where we're back in the reactionary mode. Yeah. We're back in reactionary retention is a phrase well, that you and I, I used. I, get, yeah. I keep getting images. I'm seeing guys with buckets of water putting out a fire yeah yeah this is how my mind works there's words i can use i see images and that's it the church is frantically putting out these fucking fires that's right attempting to right and they've changed the way that they're doing it so you'll recall in phase two we just talked about it was the whole stick to the narrative stick to your guns right Everything is literally the way it was written and literally true. Well, what happens then is we get this period of time, mostly due to the information age. Uh, it did not start in the 2000s, but it climaxed in this time period. And it was exacerbated through the sharing of information. And so, heaven forbid, you start sharing information with people. <laughs> and people start asking questions and scratching their heads, right? Oh. And so, right. And so we enter, you know, John DeLynn called this the neo apologetics or the new apologetics where it's the sweeter, softer church. We're not going to use ad hominem attacks. We're not going to be aggressive against you. And we're sweeter, softer. God is all sweet and love. Yeah, but here's this real history. Oh, it's all going to work out. It's sweet and love. And it's just kind of a pacification and then it's a complete Just a spoonful. Oh, exactly. Makes right? medicine go down. Yeah, they're reaching. Hey, Johnny, it's just arsenic. Never <laughs> mind. Mommy, mommy put a lot of sugar on there. It'll be okay. <laughs> it's just dog shit from the yard. But, but uh, it, look, there's just one nugget of shit in the center. <laughs> and four sugar cubes. 
holy fuck, you can't turn that down. <laughs> and so what about sticking to the guns? No, no. This is the change the narrative phase. And we've talked about this yeah. a million times. Adjustments. Yes. Age of adjustments. Age of adjustments. adjustments. <laughs> I shouldn't have attempted that note. <laughs> Instead of Aquarius. Yeah, guys, let's adjust everything. Oh, well, I know that history says this about the true way that the Book of Mormon was, came about. But the uh. real story is this. Why? Because we have to go back to what Joseph started with, make the church palatable. We have to make it palatable again. So that's the phase we're in now. There it is. People, get on that bike and ride. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> even though, <laughs> even though the tires are gone. <laughs> even though the fucking, where you're going is the edge of a cliff. Hey! This is all purposeful, and God is behind the will. <laughs> it's like you walk up to this guy, right? And you're like, what are you doing? And you're walking around the neighborhood for taking your dog for a walk. He's riding his bike, like pedaling faster than hell, and he's just keeping up with you. And you're like looking over at the dude like, dude, you're sweating. You're breathing. What's going on? You look down. He has no, there's no tires on the bike. It's just the rims. And he's just, he's like making sparks. <laughs> I'm going to heaven, motherfucker! Get out of my way! <laughs> You're like, dude! What the fuck? Oh, man. So, uh, anyway, there's so many analogies, right? So, yeah, what else are we doing? Keep building temples. Keep the releasing... Winchester house. Yes. Oh, I love the Keep Winchester house. building! Yeah. <laughs> Good analogy, too, because the stairways go to nowhere. Right. In yeah. That house. And you can open a door in a bedroom and there's nothing. You just walk out to your death. <laughs> yeah. And so with your tithing, <laughs> yeah. as Robert Plant would say, you know, and you're buying a stairway to nowhere. Pseudologia Fantastica, to put a cap on this, compulsive pathological lying. It's also called mythomania. It's also called ripping shit off. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph was a mythomaniac. He was a compulsive pathological liar. And he created all sorts of crazy stuff to make it appealing, which is one of the flags or signs, if you will, of advanced pseudologia. The compulsory part of that yeah. is the fact that you believe your own lies that's right you get and, to the point yeah so you can't stop you that's can't right. stop because that that is your reality and it's a form of mental illness it is a it form is. of mental illness yeah especially in its advanced state and another reason you can't stop is because as we all know if you're a compulsive liar if you're a mythomaniac you create so much that the lies have to be kept in line with each other and so now, you have that, to. That's the complexity right yeah, there. Yeah, you have to keep creating. You know, uh, yeah. The part in the Book of Mormon where everybody gets lost in the forest. <laughs> How did he keep that shit together? No one can even explain that. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody went out to do something and got lost in the woods? <laughs> Dave, Dave, you're forgetting that it was during a time when Jesus died, and so the sun oh, was covered and the stars were fuck. covered, so they had they, no way to navigate. There was no geocaching. Yeah, there were <laughs> there were no cell phones or GPSs. I mean, fuck, Dave, I'm we all sorry. know back in that time period that the way you navigated was by spinning a spinner on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> what the people? People were obviously using the stars and the sun and oh, and I get it et cetera. Now. I get it. We've been pronouncing something the wrong way. What's that? The whole time. It's not the Leahona. It's the lie. Oh, oh, very nice. Nice, bro. Oh, people, people, thanks for hanging out with us as we talked about Joseph's Pseudologia Fantastica, even though it sounds like a Harry Potter spell, 
it was unfortunately real and that he had it. He was a mythomaniac. He based things on lies. He pulled all this shit together. Now we're in phase four. And you mentioned this before we recorded, Dave. That's probably where the church will stay. Yeah, I, have long, to, I have to agree. Forever. Yeah, at least indefinitely, yeah. right? It's You got to stay in this reactionary mode where give them little tidbits, right? Make some policy adjustments to keep people, hey, they're thinking something about maybe sort of revelation. <laughs> keep them going. Well, I'm going to drop this handful of fairy dust and go diagonally. Well, then, go to Diagon Alley, diagonally. <laughs> if you ever have a hard time swallowing something somebody's trying to feed you, just, uh, I won't sing it. <laughs> just think of Julia Roberts. <laughs> That'll switch you. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a great way to end, bro. (laughs) Peace out, everybody.